Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. Tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. My name is Brian Fanzo. I tell you what, guys, I am fired up uh, because I spent last weekend um, with my good friend Amy Landino, and we recorded some amazing full of fire podcast episodes from her couch where her and Vincenzo live in Columbus, Ohio. And we are going to debut a brand new podcast next month, November, early November. So stay tuned. I promise it's going to be full of fire, full of information, actionable takeaways. We even give you some homework on this podcast. Um, It is going to be my new baby. I'm so freaking excited about this. Uh, Amy and I have been good friends for a long time. If you guys aren't familiar with Amy, she was on this podcast. She was actually the very first guest I ever had on the FOMO Fans uh, podcast. I haven't had very many guests. This is mostly a solo show because uh, I don't like working with other people's schedule. I like just doing this myself. Um, On on top of that, uh, Amy uh, is an amazing YouTuber. Check her out at Amy TV. But I'll talk more about that on a future episode of the show. But I, I'm fired up from that. And then in the last two weeks, I've been able to do some amazing things. Of course, you guys heard last episode, uh, I talked about some travel agents uh, that I've been working with in the luxury space. Uh, just recently, I was at an event here in Fairfax, Virginia, and I'm going to share. I'm going to share some things about what I learned talking to the team at National Geographic. What I learned about talking to the team at the Food Network. Um, some thoughts on some trends that I'm seeing right now on social media that really. Um, well, to put it bluntly, piss me off. Um, I think some people are uh, being lazy. I think some brands um, want a whole bunch of results with very little effort. Uh, and I also think there's a lot of people that blame the network, the social media platform, um, for their lack of effort and their content sucks. And uh, it's not, more often than not, it's not the platform's fault for your content not being seen. It's because your content isn't good and you're mailing it in. So I'm fired up. Hopefully you guys are fired up. As always, I'm recording this on the Facebook Lives. Uh, shout out to my sponsor, Iographer. I'm wearing the hat on the live video right now. Uh, Iographer is my favorite case for uh, for you know mobile live streaming off of my phone. Um, they have a brand new case that is up on their website now that actually fits every different t- size phone that is out there. Um, it allows you to mount a microphone on the case. It allows you to micro- uh, uh, mount a light on the case. Uh, it looks just a hell of a lot more professional. I, I'm a big believer in pressing the damn button, but I'm also a big believer in doing it in a way that comes across professional, comes across and looks legit. And Iographer is a sponsor of this podcast, and uh, they've been sponsoring this show for since really since day one. Uh, big fan. I also wear their book bag. Uh, I'm wearing their hat right now, and Dave and the team over there at Iographer are world class. So I will include, a, of course, uh, a link to their new product uh, in the show notes. It is an affiliate link, so if you guys click on it and buy it, it shows them love and shows that you guys are supporting the show. So 
uh, as I said, I, I get to I get to listen to some really cool. You know, this is the luxury of my my job. You know, I'm a full time keynote speaker. Ninety uh, percent of my income comes in uh, via my speaking business. The other ten percent comes in some from some consulting, some sponsorship for the podcast. Um, oh yeah, and speaking of, if you guys want to sponsor the podcast that Amy and I are working on, uh, we are opening that up for some sponsors right now. But um, so um, you know, as I'm a full time speaker, I get to sit behind. Uh, yeah, you got to get one of those cases. I see Brian Yarnish. Uh, there uh, on the live feed. Got to get one of these cases. I'm holding it up here. Uh, you guys, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, I'll throw up my affiliate link uh, when after the this recording. But, um, you know, I get to travel. I get to sit backstage with uh, different brands, different thought leaders. Um, and really, I'm, I'm going to say this with as much love as I can. Uh, most of the time when I'm talking to brand managers or brand leaders of really big brands, um, most of them don't really know too much about um, their social media, like blocking and tackling, like the actual, um, sh- you know, in the weed strategy. Most of them are outsourcing that to an agency or they haven't been working on the brand for a while um, or they're, you know, they like to talk about holistic high level things. But um, one of the things that I had no idea about, and this I kind of felt bad because I should know this, is that did you guys know that the Nat Geo, N-A-T-G-E-O, Nat Geographic, National Geographic, is the number one most followed brand in all of social media? Wait a second. Yeah, the, National Geographic is the number one most followed brand on social media. Now, of course, there's some celebrities. Uh, like you have the Kevin Hart. You have the Justin Bieber's, the Katy Perry's of the world, Taylor Swift's of the world that have um, individual personal brands. But the number one brand on social media that has the most amount of followers is National Geographic. Uh, right behind them, number two is Nike. So just putting that in perspective. But I had a chance uh, here at an event called Social Media uh, Week Fairfax, which I spoke back-to-back years at that event, one of my, uh, really just an amazing event. And National Geographic got on stage as the opening session um, yesterday, actually. And man, they shared some really insightful information. And they talked a lot about why they have believed their brand is so powerful. Um, and one of the phrases they use, and I'm paraphrasing it now, and hopefully I don't botch it too bad, but they were talking about how they used to, they used to, their goals used to be about driving people to buy a magazine. And now their goals are driving people to engage on their Instagram. And I was like, holy crap, talking about like a shift, right? National Geographic has been around for 140 years. But the other thing I thought that was really fun was they don't post the National Geographic the, at their headquarters. They don't post to their own Instagram account. They actually give access to certain photographers, and those photographers have some have some swim lanes, have some criteria, but those photographers are the only ones that are posting to that National Geographic Instagram account. I mean, like, how insane is that? Like, I mean, let's think about that, right? Like, I mean, this is what I talk about all the time, and I'm going to go a little rant about this because... I mean, this is, I mean, I'm looking at right now, their National Geographic Instagram account has 92.4 million followers. Check it out. Just search Nat Geo, 92.4 million followers on Instagram. That is just mind blowing. And on top of that, it's the, the posts are being done by the photographers. The photographers post on their account. But here's one of those things that really is what resonates with me because here's the thing. 
Just because National Geographic's been around for 140 years, just because all of us can picture those yellow magazines that were in our in our schools, in our in our houses, you know, I always had them next to the encyclopedia. Um, for those that are under the age of 30, uh, an encyclopedia was before Google. It, it, we allowed us to look up old information that was usually out of date, but for some reason we always had them. Um, and for those that don't understand what National Geographic, those yellow books are, um, just Google that and what National Geographic magazines are. I know for many of you, my younger audience, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? But the thing about this, right? You don't trust a brand because of their logo. You don't trust a brand because of how long they've been in business. You trust them because of the people that make that brand great. The National Geographic, those magazines were amazing because they have photographers and amazing storytellers that shared all of this information and this, this, I mean, it was just a, it's a really exciting brand because they allow you to go into the safari and do all of these things that you couldn't go anywhere else. And when, so when you take a magazine that was built on the premise of great photography and great storytelling, it's very easy to f- screw that up when you go online. Because I think most brands today, what they do great offline, they do not do a good job of making it online, right? And this is like a pet peeve of mine, right? Like if a brand is great at, at building relationships, telling stories, doing amazing things offline, usually when they're online, they treat their freaking social media like it's just a checkbox. They're like, oh, it's just like a website. We don't really have conversations. We don't do anything. But National Geographic is proof, right? And so when I was thinking about this and I was, and I was listening to them, I got to talk to them a little bit. You know, every brand can do this, right? Think about this. Like if your brand is great because you have great employees, why not let your all of your employees post to your accounts? Why not let your employees take over your Instagram stories? And like this is that element where we, when you're thinking about social media, when you're thinking about how, I mean, Instagram, I mean, this is their number, National Geographic, you know, and, and let's, let's face it, National Geographic has amazing storytellers. Their pictures are world class. They have the best of the best photographers right so they're they're leveraging them but here's the thing that's that is really interesting do you know what they're actually doing they're trusting the people that make their business great to deliver on social media Every business, in my opinion, needs to trust what makes your business great, right? If it's the experiences that you enable, if it's the customer testimonials that you, you enable, you have to be able to trust that, right? Like if National Geographic put all these constraints and they had this crazy content calendar and did all of these things, it would really, <coughs> excuse me, Woo. I'm fired up. It would really limit what the value of National Geographic was from Instagram perspective, and how cool this is when I was listening to National Geographic, one of the other things that I thought was really interesting is that they now have brands that are coming to collaborate with them that you would never imagine coming to National Geographic because they want them to tell the story and share the views uh, and, and from what National Geographic has proved that they're really good at online. I mean, they just teamed up with Nike. They've teamed up with a bunch of different brands, and those brands, you know, they could go to they could go to Disney, they could go to you know MGM Studios, they could go they could go to any Red Bull, they could go to all these media companies, but they go to National Geographic because National Geographic gets it. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought it was a, a pretty fun to hear how they build out their stories. They have about thirty accounts uh, on social media. They said across like they have a bunch of different National Geographic pieces. But on top of that, I got to hear from the Food Network, and the Food Network was talking about social video, and they were talking about how social video is everything for them. Uh, they have multiple videos uh, on social media um, that are have got over 300 million views, uh, and let's face it, we love food on social media. I mean, 
if, if we if we put a hierarchy, we like animals and we like food. Like, and right now on my feed, unfortunately, there's a crap load of politics, which I th- I wish we could just eliminate um, from social media, but. That's beside the point. But the Food Network was talking a lot about their video strategy. And you guys know, I, I mean, press the damn button is all about video, is all about getting people to do, you know, some amazing things. And, and I think, you know, video is the game changer. I think video shrinks the distance between our online community and what we do great offline. But on top of that, one of the things that the Food Network was sharing was they oftentimes will do 30 or 40 different video projects and throw them out there just to see which one works. One of their most successful videos of all time, they said, was a skull pizza uh, recipe where they actually made pizza, like calzone pizzas, in these skull uh, cookie-cutting sheets. Uh, I'm explaining this very bad. As you can tell, I'm not uh, representing the Food Network. But they said that project was one of 30 that they were testing out, and they just threw it out there, and all of a sudden, it really caught on. So much so where now they have their own affiliate, and they, they do their own skull pizza cookie sheets because it has taken off. But the thing about this that I thought was really interesting is the Food Network still is throwing things out there and testing things out. They also talk a lot about um, the importance of understanding before they they go live, before they do a, they do a video, they already plan on what uh, channels they're going to post their so their videos on. So before they record it, sometimes she said they were they would record a vertical video and a horizontal video because they have plans on putting it on on Instagram. Uh, before they do it, they're thinking about okay, is this going to be where is the best two minute shot for us to post on the Twitter? Um, where is our best to post on the Facebook? Um, they also said Facebook is the number one uh, channel for them uh, without uh, without question. And so. This was a great event. I got to hear some amazing things from uh, both Food Network and National Geographic. I got to hear um, the 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 uh, amazing woman that the scandal, uh, the TV show Scandal, uh, Judy Smith. Uh, she was one of the keynote speakers at this event. She is who uh, Scandal was modeled after. She talked a lot about crisis management. Uh, she was really compelling. But overall, there was there was this theme, and, and I thought this was really interesting. And that's really what I want to get into right now is that, and I'm gonna make this statement very boldly, and I and I believe it with all my heart that. So many brands today are still treating social media marketing like a billboard. We are throwing it up on the side of the road, hoping that it proves us ROI. And here's the thing. If you treat social media like a billboard, you get billboard results. Let me say that again. If you treat social media like a billboard, something you just throw up there and hope it works, it will it is it will get you results like a billboard. There's no authenticity, there's no relationship building, there's no conversation, there's no authentic, you know, there's no um, trust, there's no conversion tracking, there's no way you're proving ROI. And I have this, there's this weird trend I've been seeing a lot and it's happening for big brands. It's happening for even people that are in this space right now, right? Just th- this is something that, that I'm really fired up about is that people are trying something, they're testing it out and then they're immediately ejecting and they're blaming the platform, right? If you all of a sudden launch a brand new Facebook show or multiple Facebook shows and, and the Facebook shows aren't being successful and you're like, well, we're going to stop running these shows because Facebook doesn't work for us. Um, I think maybe we need to look back and say, was the content correct? Were the people hosting the show the right people to be hosting the show? Where was the strategy for what we were doing? And here's the other piece about this. And, and this was what my keynote yesterday was all about. And this is something that really freaking bothers me. 
before you do a program, before you launch a new show, of course, I'm launching my new podcast with Amy. I mean, before Amy and I recorded a single episode of our new podcast, guess what we did? We asked ourselves, what does success look like? What is the goal of this podcast? What are the metrics we care about? What are the things that we want to do? And I can tell you, it's far beyond a podcast. We have big plans for for masterminds and events, and we're going to be doing a dual keynote together uh, in 2019. I mean, Amy and I mapped out what success looks like and then we backwards in to the type of content, the type of topics that we want to talk about. We also backwards into the type of goals that we had, the type of people that we wanted to sponsor. And here's the thing. If you don't start by defining success or planning your investment, then you will never find value in social media, right? And like, and this is something that, I mean, it's so amazing that we throw something out there. We don't even put money behind it. We don't put strategy behind it. We don't include it in our email newsletter. We don't include it in our other content. And then we just eject and we're like, well, platform's broken. Doesn't work for us anymore. It doesn't match our goal. And I think that is lazy. I think that is why you're not successful because right now in the way that we're working right now, consistency matters, right? Consistency. I would say the number one and number two thing, in my opinion, when it comes to social media marketing, when it comes to shows, when it comes to creating content, the two most important factors are consistency and authenticity, consistency and authenticity, I believe are number one and number two, maybe they're both number one because they're, they're, in my opinion, the most piece of it. But this is the other part that is really interesting is that if you, if you give, if you try something half-ass and then you, you give it half-ass uh, investment of your time and half-ass promotion and half-ass worth of, 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 of value of what your, your overall strategy is, and then you expect full results that's that's an that's that's a that's your fault, right? Like that's your problem, and and I think this is just I mean this is something I'm not I I didn't come from marketing I didn't go to school for marketing, um, and I would also argue like today when it comes to social media marketing it's much more than marketing it's much more than sales enablement it's much more than driving people to your website it's much more than getting people to click and buy tickets for your event or buy your online product it is about building relationships establishing trust I mean I think I mean every business is in the business of trust right now and I believe every business that is mailing it in with social media marketing is losing trust every single day and ask yourself do I want to am I okay with violating the trust of my clients, my community, my customers, what's going on right now in my business? If you're okay with the fact that what you're doing is actually losing trust, you know, kudos to you. But I mean, when I worked with, this this was in the last episode, right? When I was working with the luxury travel agents, when I've been working with these different brands, I mean, I sat down, uh, you know, this morning I was building out something for one of the, the people that are hiring me and I was talking to them about influencer marketing and the value of influencer marketing and why I think uh, employee advocacy and influencer marketing uh, are still way underutilized. And one of the things they told me, they were like, well, Brian, we haven't really spent more than like a couple of weeks of the entire year worried about our social media marketing, but we do a one hour meeting every single week about email marketing. We do a one hour meeting every single week about our marketing and brand in our individual stores. But we spend probably, you know, not even one one tenth of that um, for the whole year uh, on social media marketing. And, you know, I think also social media marketing, we have to look at things like recruitment. We have to look at things about how do you turn your current fans, your ter- current customers into fans? How do you turn those current fans into influencers or brand ambassadors? 
And I really, I really firmly believe that if you look at failed social media marketing projects, right? If you look at campaigns that have failed, if you look at um, new shows like Facebook Live shows or, or different shows that, that have failed, in my opinion, a majority of them fail because they're not consistent. Their message is not authentic. But more importantly than that, they did not define what success looks like before they actually press the damn button. I mean, my mantra is press the damn button because I want people to just put their story out there. But pressing the damn button, once you get used to pressing the damn button and you want to launch a show, you want to you know, have a new podcast, a new, a new piece of content, you have to build a strategy that starts with a success and then backwards is in to the right platform. I mean, even when, I mean, this is a perfect example. When, even when Amy and I, decided we were going to collaborate, we weren't 100% sure that it was going to be a podcast that we were going to do. Because we were like, well, you know what? We need to collaborate. Maybe it's a video show. Maybe it's us coming together and just creating a bunch of uh, a collateral for us to promote uh, our workshops because we've sold out multiple workshops when the two of us do these workshops together. But here's, here's the craziest part, right? Like, and, and I love it. My, my good friend, Kristen Cardos, who I know as Tink, uh, who's one of, my, one of my closest friends, she said, the worst thing you can do is squander the gift of people's attention. Genius comment, Kristen. Tink, you are, you are, you are uh, so spot on. When we capture someone's attention, when we have someone's attention, if you squander that, if you lose that, and honestly, if you blame the platform for why you lost people's attention, guess what? People aren't falling for that. Today's consumer is smart. They know when you're selling, they know when you're marketing, and they also know when you're full of shit. And here's the thing, when you're full of shit with, with, with how you deliver something, how you put something out there, it comes through. Today's consumers see right through that because we have plenty of options, we have plenty of brands that are doing it well. And I think this is where we have to start looking at things and saying, are we truly investing the right time? Do we know what success looks like? Do we know what goals we are measuring? I mean, I, ha I had a, a, a someone that I talked to within the last week, and I was talking to them, and it was an offline conversation, so I won't share the brand um, that they are representing, but one of the things that they were, they were talking to me a lot about it was, Brian, they had these ideas of what success of this new project looked like, but they had no way to measure that success. And I was like, well, that's interesting, right? Like, how could you ever determine a project successful if you have no metrics or ways of measuring that success? And I, and I, I think that's a lot of people, right? And I mean, I, I bash billboards and I think I will bash billboards for the rest of my life. I cannot stay, I cannot figure out how billboards have proven their value, um, in, in America, especially, right? Like, I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of other places that, you know, and I'm not talking about Times Square, uh, where you have a uh, captured attention, uh, of tourists and like the billboards are part of that, like city's, uh, DNA, but I'm talking about billboards on the side of the road, right? And for so many, like, how do you, like the number of cars that drive by are projected eyeballs that could possibly lead to something and if somebody in that city made a purchase where there's a billboard in the proximity of 20 miles then that billboard is proven ROI that is all just vanity metrics bullcrap and it's part it's partially why I didn't like marketing it's partially why for me marketing isn't about throwing throwing it out something on the side of the road and praying that it works I think it's it's about you know how do I build trust how do I build relationships how do I track what success looks like and you know what if your six if if the metrics and the data is telling you something that you didn't expect or if it's telling you something that doesn't get you closer to success 
don't start by blaming the platform or just canceling the show. Maybe tweak the content. Maybe change the time of when the show is live or when you're posting the content. Maybe you need to do some better SEO. Maybe you need to put some money behind it and do some ad targeting. I, I was talking with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Hey Fraze, uh, who hosts a podcast, uh, Sarah Fraser here in uh, the D.C. area. And she does an amazing job. She knows exactly who her, her demographic is. It's a it's a female uh, demographic that she's trying to reach. And I was talking to her about using Facebook ads and Instagram ads to directly target those in her direct region for what she's doing. And and she's doing some amazing things. And I and I think that this is that weird spot where it's very easy for us to blame a platform. Oh my goodness, Facebook doesn't, the people on Facebook don't like our content. Or it's very easy to say, um, YouTube isn't working for me because uh, nobody's commenting on my things. But I will argue every minute that if you haven't defined what success looks like, if you haven't tr- invested time, if you don't focus on conversations and having and, and really building trust with what you're doing, it's not the platform and, and, and it's more than likely it's the success and it's, it, and it's not about mailing it in. It's not about canceling everything. It's truly comes down to, okay, how can I revamp this? How can I redefine this? And the other part of this that I will kind of rant on is that nobody has ever had a, a feeling of emotion with a billboard, right? Or maybe that's not true. Maybe there's some billboards that their whole goal is to, uh, you know, there was a uh, this this abortion uh, billboard in Arizona, and I remember that caused some controversy. But for the most part, the average billboard doesn't evoke emotion. It doesn't evoke trust. It doesn't it doesn't ha- start conversations. But in social media, and, and Facebook came out and said this at the beginning of the year, we have to move away from worrying about engagement and start focusing on meaningful interactions. And a billboard will never give you a meaningful interaction. And what I want to challenge everyone that's listening, I don't care if you're a small business, I don't care if you work inside of a big brand, maybe you work for an agency, maybe you're supporting a personal brand, maybe you're a fellow speaker, maybe you're an event organizer that's listening to this because you want to bring me to your event. Here's what I have to tell you is that every business is in the business of trust. And how do we build trust online? We have to focus on meaningful interactions. We have to focus on creating content that helps people. We have to focus on defining success of that content and constantly tweaking it and testing it. We have to start trusting our community and our co- uh, and our audience. We have to remember that they're not dumb and that if we're going to advertise or we're going to we're going to sell ourselves out, that we're going to be exposed. And we also have to remember that you have to talk with people not talk at people. And I can tell you that's a very easy phrase for me to say, right? Focus on talking at people, not with, no, stop, hold on. It's a very easy phrase and I batched it up. Focus on talking with people, not at people. Even if you're on Facebook Live, even if you create a brand new YouTube show, even if you create a podcast, you need to talk with people. We are on this we are on this journey together. I don't know everything. And I, and I started this off this episode and I told you, this is my thoughts. This is my take. I get to listen to brands like National Geographic and the Food Network. I get to listen to brands that are like Hint Water or Away Luggage. I go to all of these events and the brands that are doing it well are consistent. They are authentic. They understand what success looks like. They are willing to collaborate and partner with other people. They understand the power of community. They are investing in the long-term game. They are willing about testing and tweaking and throwing things at the wall and seeing what works. And here's the secret. Here's the massive secret that I want to leave this episode with. And it is is something that I I, I believe is the key to my success. It's the, the key to Amy and I both success. 
guess what you do? You test, you tweak, you throw things out there, and then you lean into what works. Those that are successful with social media marketing in 2018 and beyond, we lean in to what works. If something all of a sudden works, we just lean in and re-ride that. We try to, we try to, you know, double down on it. We try to scale that. And when it stops working, we analyze why it stopped working. And then we lean into something else that works, right? And I think this is that weird spot where there are some brands that throw a bunch of stuff out there and then they don't lean into anything and then they blame social media. There's other brands that are talking at people directly and they're like, why are people treating me like a billboard? Yeah, because you're acting like a billboard, right? And I think this is where we have to move to the next forward. I truly believe that we are living in the greatest time in history, that every brand, every business, every person has the ability to tell our story and impact others. We have the ability to stand out from the noise. You don't have to have a big budget. You don't have to be a big brand. If you are a big brand, you can be agile. I mean, National Geographic is a giant brand, yet they have nine... 92.4 million followers on Instagram because you know what? They provide what their audience wants. They are very authentic. They are consistent and they believe in what they're doing. And I think for everyone that's out there right now, I love, I love the social media marketing space, but I can tell you without hesitation, I'm a little burnt out. I'm a little pissed off. I'm a little um, disappointed because when I hear about people giving up or brands blaming social media or um, you know people just getting, I, I, I believe it's because they're not investing the time, the money, the resources, and they're really not defining what success looks like. So my friends, nobody should be treating social media like a billboard. And if you are treating social media like a billboard, you should not respect anything but billboard results. My name is Brian Fanzo. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I really do appreciate everybody that listens to this show. Uh, it's been a fun ride so far. Um, I, you know, we're in, we're in the 80s now. Uh, I promised 100 episodes of this show, and I, I, I plan on delivering that without hesitation. Uh, excited for my new show that will launch uh, next month with Amy Landino. Uh, check that out. Make sure you guys are following uh, Amy on the socials. She is Schmittastic, uh, and I'll include her uh, name and information uh, in the show notes below. But uh, guys, we are living in the greatest time in history. Let's not squash it. If you have people's attention, why don't you actually be authentic and start talking with them? If you are creating content or conversation, start by understanding what does success look like and then mapping it back with goals. If you want help with that, if that's something that you want your business uh, and you want to do, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I haven't been taking on a lot of new consulting clients, but it is something that I'd be happy to help with uh, and I can make some a uh, few exceptions. So for Brian Fanzo, FOMO fans, for my sponsor, Iographer. Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of FOMA Fans. If you love the show, leave a review on iTunes. Of course, I would appreciate it. Until next time, my friends, remember, go above and beyond to tell your story, to let people know that you care. Nobody will ever say that you care too much or that you're helping them too much. And that conversation can go a mile. It can go around the world. And we're very lucky to live in the day and age that we live in today. Cheers, my friends. 